in reality, in a startup, most stuff is unknown. You might believe they're knowns because you're a visionary, but the the data says that um, while you think you're a visionary, the majority of visionaries are actually hallucinating. <laughs> I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So today we're going to celebrate your college degree, but you ought to understand it represents the end of one part of your life and just the beginning of the next. That's entrepreneur and investor Steve Blank speaking to the graduates of UC Santa Cruz last year. I picked that speech at random. I could have just as easily used his commencement address to Canada's Dalhousie University the year before. Your degree is a big deal. This is your day, not mine. Or his address to graduates at NYU the year before that. Thank you for the opportunity to address you on your graduation from this. You get the idea. Steve's been invited to speak to graduates every year at some of the best schools in several nations. NPR once put together a list of best commencement speakers, and you bet he's on it. Hello. When I called Steve, I knew he'd be free. It's not like anybody needs a commencement speaker right now. Go, we're recording. I was hoping you kind of humor me. We could kind of brainstorm, sort of sketch out what we might say to the class of 2020. You game? I'm game. Let's go. All right. Let's start off. I think we should start this speech with some cold, hard truths. There is not opportunity out there. I mean, that's such a thing you say, right, at one of those speeches. The world is not yours for the taking, not in the middle of a pandemic. Our mythical class of 2020 is graduating at a terrible moment. I'm sure you'd want to put a positive spin on that, but let's start with straight-up honesty. What are they facing? Well, what, what graduates uh, this year are facing is uh, um, unemployment at a rate uh, not seen probably in the United States since the Great Depression. Um, and so what that means is, uh, f for the first time, you know, uh, internships are gone, uh, um, job opportunities that uh, they thought would be lining up at their door are gone. Um, and so, uh, and industry, entire industries are gone for a while and forever changed. Um, and also, you know, their traditional cap and gown ceremony where their parents uh, and friends gathered is 
are also gowns. So they're kind of, instead of bursting onto the scene, kind of kind of ooze onto a scene that's uh, uh, the face of, of the job market has changed forever. I guess that's the bad news. Here, what I think is the good news, and that is they are free in a way that no other generation in recent memory has been free to sort of chart their own path. I've been reading David Brooks' The Second Mountain. It's about a middle-aged person's realization that that once you've succeeded in a career, there's the second mountain you get to climb where you kind of search for a personal happiness. Our graduates out there might want to make it their first mountain. Well, you know, a lot of graduates and people even early in their career and now have a, a time to kind of reevaluate about what they wanted to do. You know, the the bright, shiny objects for at least, the, you know, tech graduates were how do I work in e-commerce or in social media or something else? Um, well, and the bright, shiny objects were also Ferraris. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> well, that's what you got after. Supposedly you worked for some of those uh, some of those startups or companies. But but uh, to be less glib, um you know, a good number of them, and I've been suggesting to all my students, it's time to kind of reevaluate, is that how you want to live your life? And because you're early enough in your career, um, you can make some decisions now that might change your trajectory. You could decide instead of making the next FARDAP, you actually want to work in life sciences and therapeutics or medical devices or you know, diagnostics or digital health, or you might want to work in education or you want to might want to build a much better Zoom or you might want to... Actually, out of the crisis comes opportunity. You might want to build new businesses that will look different from old. Uh, people in cities are going to be working differently. People who are going to be teaching differently. Telemedicine will become bigger and better than it ever was. whole list of things that are opportunities uh, uh, that they're going to... As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Need to find and in some cases create. She told the graduates of the University of Minnesota, it might turn out that graduating from college and getting a job may just be an illusion of independence. If you're not careful, you'll simply end up having others tell you what to work on, how to spend your time, when to show up and when to go home. In fact, working in a company can be the adult version of listening to your parents tell you what to do. Only the pay is usually a lot better than your allowance. Tell me about that. Well, if you really think about it, you know, um, when you were in school, you know, you were kind of bound by classes and grades and, you know, work assignments and syllabuses, etc. You know, when you get a job, you're kind of bound by, you know, you show up at nine, you punch a physical or virtual clock and you leave at five and there's a job description and a set of expectations about what you do. And most people are just great, great at that. You know, most people work so they could have a life outside of work. There are a few people, uh, particularly those who are founders and, and early stage employees of startups who march to a different drummer. Um, they see something that other people don't. They hear something that other people don't. And, and their lives are much like the lives of artists. They live to create something that no one has seen before. Um, and like artists, uh, you know, most of the time they'll fail. But because they are driven by a vision and passion for creation, that's what will take them through the the depths of despair and drive them to that, you know, sitting on the hill that they see. Um, 
most of them won't make it, but very few of them create the Teslas or the SpaceXs or the Apples or the Googles of the world, and, and we're better for it. You bring up Apple and founders and artists. Steve Jobs gave a commencement speech that's widely considered to be one of the, the greatest of all time, but I will also point out NPR put you on a list of your commencement speech at Philadelphia University as being one of the greatest of all time. You know, to be even anywhere near on a list to Steve Jobs has got to be pretty flattering. Yeah, well, he was on the top. I'm sure I was near the bottom. It, it was, and for those of your listeners who haven't uh, listened to Steve Jobs' speech, you know, make your hair stand up uh, when you listen to it. It's, it's pretty spectacular. Death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Right now, the new is you. But someday, not too long from now, you will gradually become the old and be cleared away. Sorry to be so dramatic, but it's quite true. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. It is indeed. What made your speech so good, or, or but that particular speech, why do you think? Well, you know, it was a story of, a, of an entrepreneur and, and also a story of a set of patterns that, uh, th that I think when you listen to it are, are pretty interesting. And if you're a graduate of uh, thinking about how to live your life, it were a couple of rules that you might want to think about. And, you know, the first one were stick out your thumb and see where the world takes you. Um, you know, as I alluded to before, some people are more than happy to follow a prescribed path. My life was quite different. And just because of my makeup, I decided uh, that prescribed path was of less interest to me than discovering my own. The second heuristic or rule was um, volunteer for everything. And particularly since I started my career in the military, that's the, that's the last thing they tell you to do. You know, the common wisdom in the military was never volunteer for anything. But instead, I did and discovered, yeah, I got some of the world's worst jobs, but I ended up doing some of the most extraordinary things because no one else <laughs> raised their hand. Um, and, uh, and then finally, the last piece of advice in, in that was, um, you know, uh, ignore the rules. And I, I don't mean, you know, the Ten Commandments, but I mean, you know, the common wisdom is where most people spend their lives. And I decided that, you know, what most people thought may or may not be the truth. And, and you might see some patterns that other people don't. And in fact, when I created something called the customer development process, which became the lean startup or part of it, um, it was uh, it was against what every venture capitalists and every academic said was, nah, couldn't be, you know, Steve, don't worry about it. Don't worry your little head. Uh, we got this. We got this covered. Turned out they were all wrong. And we invented a new process for innovation entrepreneurship that's now used by almost everybody in the world. Um, and, and so those three things, I think, um, stick out your thumb and see where, where life takes you rather than follow the road. Um, volunteer for everything. And, um, and don't let the status quo uh, be your guide. Uh, you're allowed to make your own rules. Uh, I thought was uh, was an interesting story, and I, I told it in a set of vignettes. And uh, and I, as you said, some people thought it was a an, an interesting conversation. 
Eric Reese, uh, most people will be familiar with because he has a book called The Lean Startup Movement. He was your student at, at Stanford. And one of the keys in, in your lean startup movement is to not write a business plan in the traditional sense, no five-year plan. I think this would be instructive for graduates as well. And there's a quote, no battle plan ever survives the first contact with the enemy. We've all heard that, and I had to look it up to see who said it. And the quote is from a guy named Field Marshal Helmuth Karl Bernhard Graf von Mulkey. Uh, but I, I believe Mike Tyson said it better. You know what Mike Tyson said? Well, of course, Mike Tyson says everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, they were both trying to say the same thing. Um, you know, von Mulkey uh, actually invented the notion of uh, something called the general staff and how to organize armies. And uh, Tyson uh, in invented how to re or at least mastered the art of reorganizing people's faces. <laughs> um, but they but they both um, you know, had some insight here, um, w which is applied to as you're building new ventures. In existing companies, well, you can't have a plan because there are a set of knowns. You know, in an existing organization, you know who the customers are already are, and somebody figured out that out before you, and so you somebody figured out what products those customers want and how much they'll pay, etc. And you could write a, pl a plan for the next product because you could you kind of know what they're buying now. The mistake was is thinking we could use that same idea in a startup, assuming there was a series of knowns. But in reality, in a startup, most stuff is unknown. You might believe they're knowns because you're a visionary, but the, the data says that um, while you think you're a visionary, the majority of visionaries are actually hallucinating. <laughs> that is, they, they're simply wrong about the things that uh, they think they see. And so... The whole lean startup movement, and particularly the customer development process, says while we want you to have passion and vision, there needs to be another little voice in the back of your head that says, well, you know, prove it to me and prove it to me early. That is, how do you test what you think is right about who are the customers and what they want and what features and what order and how much they'll pay and how they'll buy it, etc. And none of that could be accomplished inside your building. In fact, let's agree that you are the smartest person in the building, but there's no possible way you could be smarter than the collective intelligence of potential customers. And so the core, the, the first step in lean is uh, there are no facts inside the building, so get the heck outside. Steve Blank, professor at Stanford, lecturer at Cal Berkeley, Silicon Valley pioneer, giving the class a 2020 advice in a pandemic. He's the expert in graduation speeches, but I'll add one more bit of advice, class of 2020, from one of the best graduation speeches ever, wear sunscreen. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.